Today's episode is sponsored by Awesome Labs. For everything you need to build your own online store, do the smart thing. Visit beawesome.co.za. Awesome Labs, the web is chemistry. You're listening to Big Shot Business Podcast. The what, the why, and the how of building and running a successful business on the African continent. Here's your host, Linkford Biz. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Big Shot Business Podcast. I'm your host, Linkford Biz, and it's an interesting beginning of the year, just to say the least. We've had um, the Africa Free Trade Agreement come into play, and some of the goods are already trading under that agreement. That's a very good thing, and I really applaud the efforts that have been put there. But this week, I'm not alone. This week, I have with me Degma Briley. She's a serial entrepreneur and an international funding strategist with Funding Connections. Degma, welcome to the show. Um, Yes, good morning, and thanks very much for having me here. Um, Digma, it's really an amazing honor to have you here, and um, I'm glad we got to bring you in so that we can talk about how to fund a business, and that's something that you are dealing with on a daily basis. So just for a, a brief context for the listeners to understand exactly who we have on board today and what you do, would you tell us what you do at Funding Connection? Yes, of course, I will tell you. Okay, so my name is Dagmar Bailing Murray. I'm, um, like Linkford said, serial entrepreneur. You still can hear that. I am originally from Germany. Can't get rid of my accent. <laughs> um, and I started in Germany also at an economic development corporation and assisted companies there to, to access funding and grants from government from the European Union. Drafted business plans for them, did some workshops. And uh, when I came 12 years ago here to South Africa, um, I had a totally different job. And as soon as everybody knew what I was able and capable to do, everybody approached me, please, Dagmar, help me here. And I said, I don't know these programs here in South Africa. And said, you will figure that out. <laughs> so, and uh, government institutions all over the world, their, their thinking is similar. Okay, so there are crazy economists like me sitting and making decisions and think about... Uh, of the budget, about the budget of a a, um, government for the next 50 years usually, okay? So, and they think about what can we do now to make sure that we have some income streams later. Um, And as soon as you have a good understanding about this, whatever also specifically, I'm talking about government funding, what they are doing, you have a great idea what are their rules and regulations and also why. Um, I started Funding Connection officially eight years ago, Um, started as a one-woman show, worked 12 hours a day, seven days a week until I decided it's not going to work like this anymore. And uh, five years ago, I decided to start my first uh, team member. We are at the moment 12. I was really, really um, blessed. We were able to double each and every year our sales. COVID um, gave us a little bit of a (laughs) curveball, I'm honest. It did that to everyone. Uh, So (laughs) I think that happened to everybody. Um, So, but uh, um, yes, we're still able. We we have a couple of percentage growth, even this challenging year. I I can see that already. So, and... uh, Yes, what we do is we we assist companies accessing loans and grants, okay? And this is, we we advise, we assess a business idea, 
I'm straightforward with you. If you show me something I don't believe it's fundable, I will tell you. I'm not even willing to draft a business plan for you if I don't believe you will be able to raise funding, okay? Um, so we do then the business plan, something what we can do for entrepreneurs, and we also assist with the full application process. Filling out forms, determine which one is the right one for you, um, and the biggest challenge in that at that uh, moment is to make sure that in each and every business plan, the assumptions, you have the documents to prove it. Okay. And um, if I tell you some examples, everybody will laugh about it, but that's what we see. <laughs> I had a business plan where somebody said, I want to rent 100 square meter office. And then under staff, uh, and he said, and we will hire 100 people. I said, good luck with this. <laughs> you know, so, but um, what happens is that uh, people are amending the business plan in the process, okay? And then they say, somebody tells them you need to create lots of jobs to be able to raise funding. Then they just put another 80 people in there and forget that they of course need to have the equipment, Indeed. okay, and the space. Um, so, and this at the end is, is really where, um, where we put lots of emphasis um, into it. It takes us a couple of hours really to make sure that everything is consistent, the right company is applying, the right shareholders, the IDs are there, and all these other small little details. All right. That's, it, it sounds very interesting as um, I think it's the dream of almost every entrepreneur to have their business funded. Um, you know, most of the times capital is the limitation in most cases for some people. But um, at least having, um, I think, somebody that would hold your hand and walk you along and show you what to do, where to do it and how to do it. I think that's a, a beautiful thing that you guys are doing there. So perhaps if we can get more into detail as to what the process is like, how would you say one perhaps prepares for their business to get funded? What would that process be like? Yeah. Bigfoot, um, I need to say, I don't believe that raising funding is the challenging part. Okay. So the challenging part is setting up a fundable business. Because you only are able to raise funding if, uh, if your business makes, uh, will make profit. And you need to have some, some, some ways to be able to prove that it makes a profit. There are a couple of ways out there, and that is usually the challenge. Okay. So number one, let's, let's talk about uh, manufacturing. All businesses, they sell to other businesses. That is quite easy because you need um, to go out there and get some offtake agreements with potential clients. They need to confirm in writing, they will use you on a monthly basis. They will buy from you, I don't know, a thousand units for a price of a thousand rand a month. Um, and I hear already some of you will say, oh, but they are not binding and they can say later, oh, no, I don't want it. And uh, yes, that's true. But if you have an offtake agreement, please, for your own safety as an entrepreneur, never rely only on one company. 
and don't sell all your products to one company because they uh, uh, can hold you hostage. You know, they will later on say you need you build up the capacity. Now you need to supply them 100,000 units each and every day for your profit margin of this. And what happens then, um, you need to do that because there is no other market, okay, for that amount of uh, uh, units you are able to sell them. Have a couple of them, be happy with distributing your, your risks. Um, and uh, then what, what I also think what is important to know, if you go out and you talk to uh, potential customers, you will only be able to talk to them on the same level if you have experience in this industry. Okay, I'm always joking. I'm going somewhere and say, I want to sell tomatoes. Okay, so I'm now a farmer. Ask everybody, I don't have a green thumb. Yeah, so nobody will buy from me because as soon as they ask me, okay, so how big are your tomatoes? How many are there in the kg? I'm clueless. Okay, and and if you want to sell your services or your products to somebody, you need to have, they need to feel comfortable with you that you know what you're talking about. Will you always learn? Yes, of course. You don't need to be perfect. Please don't misunderstand me. Yeah. So, and then go out, if it is, just recap, business to business. What I always recommend, you think about who are your clients in your area. Then you say, okay, let's think about who do I really want to work together. Uh, you put them at the end of the queue, and then you start with the ones as a trial. You go there, you set up meetings, you hide it as a market research. And then you say, you know what, this is what I want to do. I decide I want to start my, uh, I don't know, toilet paper manufacturing. Um, are you interested? Is there market? Do you have any challenges with your existing uh, suppliers? Um, and in this communication, you then can find out what you maybe need to do better. Yeah, and that's why it's also so important not to talk to only one person. You need to talk to 10 or 20 people um, to get a good understanding. Maybe whatever this one person says is something what nobody else is interested in. You know, so you, you change your whole business model, your service and everything, but it's only one. That makes no sense. So you need then to figure out, okay, what do they want? And let me tell you, lots of times somebody comes back then to you and says, tell me when you are ready, let me know, I want to buy from you. And then you say, can you give that to me in writing? And I also heard, it's so difficult to get off-take agreements. This is not easy. This is the difficult part. It's not raising the funding. This is the difficult part to sell. And there is no difference if you now have your toilet paper and you run from door to door and try to sell it, or if you do that before you even have your factory set up, okay? Uh, because if you are experienced in this industry and you maybe know what retailers want, you definitely can, uh, can do that. And reality is harsh. Sometimes it just means if nobody wants to give you an offtake agreement, that there is no market. Saves you lots of headaches, lots of uh, um, sleepless nights. Yeah. Right. And then that's the beauty if you, have, uh, you are a startup. 
You say, nobody wants toilet paper. What's the next thing? Let's figure that out. And then you say, you don't want toilet paper. What do you need? Is there anything else I can do for you? Yeah. And then you, this way you determine your market, you build relationships with, uh, with clients and customers and B2B. That is quite easy because you get this in writing. Um, okay, and then of course, just uh, um, last note on this one is if your business plan, your assumption says you are selling uh, 100,000 toilet paper rolls a month and you have an offtake agreement for 10,000 uh, um, toilet paper rolls a month, there's a problem. Yeah, because obviously there is not enough demand. Not enough, indeed, yeah. yeah? And, and uh, this is something what I'm trying to explain and uh, people are too much focusing, I need the funding instead of focusing, you first need the market. Funding is easy peasy, I promise you. Yeah, you have these things in place, everything else will fall into place. Okay, now we had business to business, easy with offtake agreements. Now we go to retailers um, and uh, service industries, beauty salons, where it is a business to end user relationship. You can't get offtake agreements, okay? And even if you have offtake agreements from end users, they don't count really, okay? Um, there are sometimes some tricks around it, but uh, um, if I'm coming then across a business, I will then be able to explain that. Um, but let's say you want to do a crash um, in a specific area. That's quite easy to determine. You have in South Africa the uh, uh, living standard measurement numbers, uh, SA statistics uh, offers that. So we can see in an area like uh, Santon, there are so many families with so many kids. And then you have a good idea Number one is they will be able to pay for your crash. Number two, there are enough kids in this area. Yeah. So your chances to, uh, to get then funding because you have that in place is then quite high. You can't have a high end. Um, I'm always joking. It makes no, uh, no sense in uh, the Antarctic or North Pole to sell refrigerators. <laughs> Even if you're the best salesman, you will not be able to sell them, okay? Because they don't need this. So, and this is also some, you keep this in mind, you know, so that you need to have people in your area, they need what, what you want to offer. They need it, they want it, they are willing to pay for it, and they have the money for it. Yeah. And this is also then part of a business plan. We use plan, we use the LSM, we use QuasiMap, that's a newer system um, to determine if in this area there is a market. And yes, again, we are quite hard if we think this is not the right position, this is not the right location, we will let you. Right. Is it a common thing in your experience where people come, they think they have a brilliant idea, but then when you look at the feasibility of it, you begin to see all the, all the loopholes in it and all the, I think, hurdles that would stop it from being funded? Um, there are a couple of things. Number one is there are some industries that are really, really difficult. Okay. 
to, to, to get finance. At the moment, tourism, hospitality industry, let's be honest, if I wouldn't put my money into a coffee shop at the moment, you know? Yeah. So if I have one or two million rand on my own, I would think about what is really needed at the moment. And that's a beauty, that's a chance, okay? Please, please, please understand that. I just uh, uh, sent out this morning an email and I said, should you start your business right now? And I say, yes, because you are at the moment forced to figure out what people really need. Indeed. And if you thrive now, do you have an idea how you will grow when the economy starts again? Like crazy. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, and what I always say is a business setup is like a big puzzle, you know? And lots of people know, oh, I know my clients, I know my prices, I know my supplier, and the business plan now puts everything together. And sometimes that doesn't fit, and that's a problem. You know, so you have then clients, they are underprivileged youth, is something what I read lots of times mm -hmm. in business. But then they want to offer courses for 5,000 Rand. It's not going to work. <laughs> Linkford, I know you are laughing. Everybody else hears it. And we, we are all smiling. That's the challenge, you know? So people then take, oh, yes, underprivileged youth is we need to help them. There's no doubt about it. Okay. Yes. And then somebody says, I want to offer them a course. And then somebody they talk about and say, oh, how much is the course? Make sure it's a high price course. Otherwise, it's not profitable. And then they don't get these two things together. Same thing with the 100 square meter office and 100 people in the call center, you know, so or three computers and uh, 20 people in the office. Um, and uh, it happens because people are thinking only on portion of it. Right. And the business plan now forces you to put everything together. And although we are smiling here and we are laughing and we are having fun, it doesn't mean that if you don't change a couple of things that it doesn't fit together again. Right. Yeah. So, and is maybe you just need to determine if your high price uh, coaching and mentoring is really what you want to do. Maybe you just need to have another target market, you know, okay. and then think about who's able, or you say, this is what I want to do. Maybe you need to break down the mentorship in smaller portions where people say, okay, that's, that's a couple of hundred rand each and every time. And it brings me step by step, my, uh, closer to my goal so there are most of the time there are solutions right. and that's something what we definitely then also help when when drafting the business all right that's quite that's quite a lot of value now uh, the reason I was, I was laughing is i think in most of the times when we're you get to that moment you, you're hit by an idea and i don't know you get into a frenzy or a seizure of some sort and you're thinking everything is going to work out <laughs> and the next thing you're thinking i need to find funding to put this idea together only to realize it's not a perfect fit now are there some things that you think maybe entrepreneurs can go through prior to even trying to look for funding is there something that they can maybe a checklist of some sort that they can say okay fine this is the idea that i have um 
point A, does it fit the market or is there a demand or things like that? Is there a list like that? Um, funny enough, we just, um, it just came from our proofreader this morning. I saw it. What we've done is there's a business canvas out there. Okay. So, and it is, I think it has eight fears and it's really, really easy. It just covers the most important parts. Okay. What are your products? What is your price? Uh, your cost price, what is your selling price, what is your market, where's your location, okay, and then you can, the challenge is entrepreneurs are always absolutely enthusiastic about uh, their idea, and you need to be, okay, that is your job, and it's difficult sometimes to just say, great idea, it needs to be profitable, let's see if everything fits together. And um, people often think, yeah, it's like a magic wand, everything will fall. Let me just start and everything will fall into place. Yeah. And it happens sometimes, I know. But uh, specific, if you use your, if, let's be honest, even if you use your own money, I would never ever do that, yeah? The first thing if somebody comes to me, I just do a quick and dirty calculation. Is there enough profit margin? Just last week, somebody approached us and asked us if we don't want to supply dog food. You know, and I'm open to all nonsense. Um, so, and, uh, so, but my first question is, okay, how does it land here in Durban? How much does it cost us? Who is your target market wherever you are? What is our profit margin? For 30 rand a bag, um, and then we still need to do all the admin and distribution and sales. It's not worth it. It's not worth our while. Okay. So, and then we looked at con uh, distribution then here in KZ and, and I said, no, it makes no sense. Yeah. So, but this is the first thing you need to think about the, you set up a business to earn money. And uh, I know, I know, I know everybody says you need to be, uh, follow your passion, the money will follow. And do you need to follow your passion? I, yes, because you know what, if you don't, if you're not passionate about it, there is a hurdle, you will stop. You know, oh, that's too difficult. I don't know how to overcome it, you know. Yeah. But only if you're passionate about it, you're willing to do what it takes. Indeed. Most of the time, most yeah. people, okay. Yeah. Or you're desperate, you know, so you need money. That's also good motivation usually. Yeah. Uh, because you are then focusing on how to earn money. And that is usually also something what brings people quite quickly um, to to their goal to set, set up a successful business. And if you're only, pas only passionate about it, have a look how to earn money with it. Is the profit margin high enough? Are you, you don't want to do what I've done for a couple of years. 12 hours a day, seven days a week is not what I uh, recommend, okay? Right. So you need to offer your services or products so that you are able to pay people. And not paying them peanuts, pay them well. Because specifically in a startup, I don't have a time to explain somebody else how to do a quote. True. They need to do that on their own. Because if I need to teach them, 
then I do that faster uh, on my own. Sure. Yeah. So look for team members around you then, and it needs to be profitable that you are able still uh, to earn enough money. Yeah. And go a little bit higher, okay, with your target, okay? So when I do one-on-one, -on -one, I always ask people, what do you want to earn per month for yourself? Because then we can say, okay, you let's say you want to earn 50,000 rand. Then we can say to reach this 50,000 rand, you need to sell, uh, I don't know, how many bags of dog food or how many business plans, you know? So, and, and then you can see, okay, now you think about who else do you need? So, and then you can figure it out really, okay, so this business needs to earn 100,000 rand a month to be able to pay for everything, plus for the owner 50, including the owner 50,000 rand. And uh, so now how many units do you need to sell? And you know what you have? Immediately you have a daily target. Because you know exactly each and every day you need to, I didn't do my math, I'm just uh, estimating, 5,000 rand sales, okay? And each and every working day. So, and then you know already, is this realistic? Are we able to produce that? Are we able to sell that amount? You get immediately some good ideas about, is this a profitable business? And sometimes it's just, you need to just change a little bit. It's not, okay, it's not gonna work, let's forget it. That's not what I'm saying. It just means, okay, let's have a look. Maybe you need to change your prices, change your target market, change your offering a little bit, you know, so to add some more services to, to your product, you know, we deliver each and every day fresh, uh, you know, so there are a couple of different things you can do. And as soon as you do that, you're offering more services or higher quality, you can charge a higher price and everything fits again. Have you heard about Big Shop Business Network? It's the place to be for African entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals just like you. Join millions of fellow entrepreneurs today by visiting likeabigshot.com. Big Shot Business Network. Connect, share, grow. Now, I know asking this from you would seem a bit, um, I don't know, against perhaps the, the, the type of business model that you, you run. But I came across a a study some time back, I think it was done by, if not Yale University, it must have been London Business School. In that study, they were saying that it's a bad idea for, for startups to seek funding in the beginning. They have to bootstrap it for a couple of uh, uh, maybe years or months. And then after that, then they seek funding. What do you think about it? Totally agree. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't expect that from me. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so it is so much, number one is you seek funding, that means you are um, liable for paying back the loan, okay? And I've done that in my life and it gave me lots of sleepless nights. And... Uh, I'm sitting here lots of times also in my one-on-one -on -one, uh, um, consulting sessions. I'm asking people, 
And uh, lots of times I just told them, you know what, I wouldn't do this. I think you're an expert. You can be a consultant. Don't start your beauty saloon was the last one. Um, start a consul uh, consulting and help other beauty saloons to increase their sales. Because this way, number one is the whole country is uh, um, able to, she, she worked overseas. Okay, so she really, really knew how to um, upsell uh, things to, to customers and clients. And uh, so, and I think she would be really, really an asset to do that and have all the existing beauty saloons to really increase their profit margin. Oh. And um, I always, I always say start small. Okay, you can't, if you are unexperienced, you, um, you haven't managed a company and now you want to apply for 50, 100 million rand. Um, I think most people don't really know what they let themselves uh, into. And it's the same for me. I started as a one woman show. I have now 12 people. Out of a sudden, I have totally different challenges than I had when I was only on my own or we were with two people, you know? With, with staff, we need to generate more leads to be able to, to, uh, to have enough uh, uh, to do for all of them uh, with complaints of customers and clients. Um, because now I haven't done everything I need to trust my team that they are doing things and they are humans, they make mistakes, okay? So, and, so you need to, to, you are learning every time and all the time. Right. So, and that's, that's why, um, if it is possible, I personally, and even if, you know, you want to set up your big dream business, um, and then you just, uh, that's okay. That's your big dream here. Yeah. So, but uh, there can be steps to, to, to reach that. You know, so maybe now you just start, okay, so you need to learn selling in any case. There's no way around it. With no sales, there's no business. Start with selling something. What you can at the moment, what you can do. Save the money. Don't spend it, okay? And then you grow. And, and I think what most people underestimate is learning by doing what they get right, through yeah. this process. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not, you don't think you just do now a stupid job to just get to, to where you want to be. As soon as you are an entrepreneur, as soon as you are self-employed, you learn lots of lessons. Some you don't want to learn, I promise you that. And you say, thanks very much, <laughs> but I didn't want to learn this. But there are also lots of, but it all prepares you, you know, because uh, I'm in a uh, um, in a stage in my life now where I think then nothing really can shock me. Okay, so whatever challenges I'm, I'm facing, um, I will be able to handle that. And, but that's not because I was born like this or I'm German or, you know, so it's just uh, what uh, life and also life as an entrepreneur teaches you. And you need to see that more as a journey and uh, having fun with it, you know? Indeed, indeed, indeed. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Uh, um, 
I think with um, with most entrepreneurs, especially from what I've seen on the continent, with most entrepreneurs, the first thing they want to do is to not necessarily to make money, but to show that they are making money. <laughs> Which uh, it is worldwide, Linkport, worldwide the same. <laughs> yes, of course. The first. Somebody in Germany, like I, I told you, I worked in Germany in this right. industry. The first thing what people do is they buy a big car. <laughs> oh, no, they I buy the, the, and um, let me think. Yes, and then the big cell, the nice cell phones, you know, all these flashy things so that everybody else can see that they are successful. Um, there is a fine line between showing to be successful and spending reckless, uh, you know? Yeah. So, and uh, you need to dress smart, yes. And uh, if you can afford a nice watch, then you have maybe a nice watch, but still be careful and specifically if you just started, because that's the first thing, you know, we open tomorrow business. So let me go today quickly and buy my nice uh, uh, Merc or Porsche or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, all over the world, <laughs> same thing. And uh, I totally understand that. Um, and um, but this is not the Porsche will not earn you money. <laughs> you know, so, and the nice, <laughs> I don't know, Note 20 or whatever is out there. And it also usually doesn't earn you money. Concentrate the first, spend three, four years, maybe five years. Concentrate on growing your business because then you can easily afford it. You know, yes. uh, just be patient, be patient and know that you do the right thing. Um, something what motivates also lots of people, start your business to, to, to have a legacy for your kids. Yeah, so, and then uh, this is what you want to build up. Make sure that it's easier for them in life. They can go and take over the business if they want to, and it needs to be a well-run machine. Uh, with systems in place so that they really are able to enjoy their lives, but also able to grow your business further. Right. Okay, that's great. Now, I don't know if you ever come across this, but are there some people that come to you and say, um, I don't have a business idea, but I want to start something. Do you ever get someone coming to um, you? Seldom. Okay, um, I'm, we are a consultancy and we are well-oiled machine, okay? So what I'm doing is always whatever doesn't fit into this, uh, we say we can't help. And the reason for it is because it would take too many resources from our core business. I think it's also a nice lesson for each and every entrepreneur. I know in the beginning you try everything and whenever somebody asks you, yes, I have, I've done the same. Okay. <laughs> I learned it. I, I learned this, these things. And, uh, but uh, now I'm um, saying, no, I need to concentrate on what we're really good at and make sure that our existing clients get the support they uh, they deserve and they need. And if somebody comes like this, I say, I'm so sorry, I can't help. 
What I have done is uh, in the beginning, uh, I, I wrote a book, um, uh, how to, to start your own successful business. Right. It's, a, it's more like um, questions, spreadsheets, um, okay, figuring out uh, where you're really good at. Uh, what do you really like to do? Okay. Um, and uh, what do you think? Do you have access to the market for whatever you, you want to offer? And then narrow this down um, and find out, okay, where do you should be? That's then something what I say, okay, I think it's 190 rand or something like this. Um, and it really just helps. There's some, some questions. Also, okay, are you really an entrepreneur? Um, don't take that question too serious. Everybody can be an entrepreneur. You learn this, okay? Um, but you need to be willing to learn these things and you need to know that you, um, that there are some hard decisions, hard times uh, ahead of you. But, um, you know, so if you're struggling each and every day in your life with, the, with money or with your job, or you are, um, this is definitely not better than struggling and knowing I'm getting closer to my goal. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's great. Um, I think we are getting closer to the end. Are there perhaps any tips other than what you've already given us that you would say, these are things that entrepreneurs should know or should start doing perhaps so that they can have at least successful businesses and also on the funding side are there some things that you think entrepreneurs could pre-do before they even get to you um okay so so number one is uh i personally think starting a business is the right way to go okay i'm not too sure i had jobs i had good paid jobs um, and, uh, but that was not really, it was not satisfying for me. You know, you always had a manager who told you what to do or not to do. And, uh, that's not me. Um, so I, I love to be an entrepreneur responsible for my own life, responsible for my own decisions. Um, and, uh, that is definitely something what I can encourage everybody do that because you determine then your income and not somebody else. Um, what you, I know also at the moment in this pandemic, uh, there are lots of people, they just say, okay, let me wait until this is over. I say, no, don't wait. Have a look around you, see, think about really your own skills. What do you love to do? How can you market it? Is there a market? Are there people there willing to pay for it? And go out there and talk to people, speak to potential, not to your friends, you know. So, so, but really to um, speak to other business owners. And let me tell you, if you ask them here, I need uh, help. Most of them are really, really welcoming and say, okay, I'm more than happy to assist you um, and and help you and get some clarity or discuss things with you. Um, and then find a niche market. Find a market for you where you easily are able to start your business. 
And honestly, the easiest way, no funding required, anything what has to do with consultancy or services. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Think about your skills, what you can do. The biggest challenge uh, for most people is because what you're good at is something what is easy for you. So you don't understand that somebody is struggling with it. You true, know? True. I'm almost thinking, what's so difficult with drafting your business plan? Okay. I'm not nice at the moment. <laughs> but say, I remember the first times I wrote them, they were really challenging. Okay. Yeah, so, but, um, so, and now, because I think it's easy peasy for me, it doesn't mean that I need to uh, sell it for a thousand rand, you know? Yeah. So, because it's value for other people. I just did uh, last weekend a calculation. What they say for services, you give something and you charge uh, one rand and they need to get 10 rand out of it, minimum. If they get 10 times the value of what they are investing, people are really, really happy. And I think with our business plans, people are usually, and then apply for funding, they are getting 100 times the value of what our business plans are. Yeah. So, so you can see then definitely, I know it's not for funding connection, <laughs> but like I said, I personally like to advise. And I know one thing, you will grow further after that and then you say okay i'm ready now this is the service we are still buying this product from somebody else i want to set up now the manufacturing then you come back to me and and then we are able to assist yeah right. okay sounds... so the second question was something regarding uh, regarding financiers yes. um yes first thing and that's what one thing all film doesn't matter government institutions commercial banks, private investors, angel investors, they want to know your numbers. Right. Yeah? Mm. Be clear about your own numbers. Don't, it, as a startup, it's always lots of thumb sucking. Okay, I, I know that. Um, but uh, you are always having the possibility to benchmark it against uh, players in the industry and, yeah. and get some information out so that it can be as close as possible that makes life for financiers uh, so much easier because that's what they need right. you know you yeah. need to make sure that you know exactly how much funding do you need you can't say i need four million to buy maybe one or two trucks no right, right. <laughs> yeah i see okay all right no that's great any book recommendations um, okay, so book recommendations, I definitely, what I can uh, offer you, go to our website on our store. Uh, whenever our business plan writers were not busy enough in my eyes, they needed to write some books about all the different industries. Oh. So about uh, piggery, transport business, B&B, there's really a wide, wide variety of topics. And we talk about all the things we talk in the business plan I mentioned, your pricing, your costing, supplier suggestions, potential customers. We put lots of information in there to really, if somebody is not able to afford our services, so that you still have good information where you can uh, um, pick our brain, okay? And, and see what we put together and help you with the, then drafting your own business plan. 
Right. Oh, that's that's yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful. Dagmar, I really appreciate you coming through today. It's been quite an insightful session and uh, we'll put all the links in the, in the podcast notes and hopefully um, it will be something of value to all entrepreneurs across the continent because ultimately, ultimately, I believe knowledge is the very first step we need to have before we can take action. And <laughs> indeed. <laughs> so I really, Knowledge is good. Uh, we need to put it into action. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, it, this episode has really been packed with, with, with information that many entrepreneurs will really find valuable that I'm sure. So I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming through. Thanks very much, LinkedIn. Uh, uh, sorry, LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> I really, really enjoyed that. Okay, all the best to everybody. I wish you all absolutely successful 2021. And uh, yes, and then if you need us, you know where to find us. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Remember to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Be sure to join millions of fellow entrepreneurs at Big Shot Business Network. For this week's show notes, visit likeabigshot.com slash podcast. Until next week, this has been the Big Shot Business Podcast.